Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jamie Dickens, and I'm the pastor of our church, East Cub Church. So great to see you all. So glad that you're here. I got a question to get us started this morning. Do you remember the last time that you were in pitch black darkness? Anybody remember that? Like uh, maybe it was somebody like shut the door at the top of the basement, or they flipped the light switch off in the room that you were in that didn't have lights, or the power went out. And suddenly, bam, you were in the darkness. That's the real test, by the way, of whether you're afraid of the dark and the light. We're all brave. Like, no, I'm not afraid of the dark. But you watch like one scary movie and then go in your basement where the switch is at the bottom of the stairs and we'll see how fast you run back up, right? Uh, I remember vividly the last time that I found myself in pitch black darkness. It was actually a long time ago. I was a missionary in Eastern Europe for several years. And at one point, it was in Moldova, this country over there that I love. And uh, we went and toured this cave, this big, huge cave. In fact, it's one of the largest underground natural structures in the whole world. And uh, obviously, you're going on a tour of this cave and with a tour guide, and there's lights and everything lighting the way. Well, we're going down one passage, like way deep into the tour. And all of a sudden, (laughs) the power goes out. And when I say it was pitch black, I mean it was like, the blackest black you could ever see in your entire life. There's no stars. There was no light whatsoever. And at first, everybody on the tour was like, ooh, you know? And then the power didn't come back on. And the ooze turned into like, uh, is, what, what are we going to do? And the tour guide is like, uh, the power will be back on momentarily. Do not worry. And, and it was not on, back on momentarily. And here I am, pitch black darkness, and your mind starts doing things. Question to you. You're in my shoes, pitch black darkness and deep in a cave. What scary movie is coming into your mind? (laughs) For me, I don't know, this is so random. It was The Ring. Anybody remember the scary movie, The Ring, with that like creepy girl? It made no sense. Now listen, and the girl comes out of a TV. She's like a crazy girl that comes out of the TV and like, I guess kills you or something. But my brain didn't matter. I don't know TVs in the cave, but my brain was like, yeah, but what if she's here? And I was like, yeah, what if she's here, you know? And I'm starting to get scared. I, I vividly remember this. And, and what seemed like an eternity later, it's probably like 60 seconds into the thing, but, you know, eternity seemed like people start looking for alternative light sources, right? So we pull out our phones. Now, mind you, this is before smartphones. So there aren't flashlights on the phones. But, I mean, these little, these little things, I mean just got swallowed up in the black hole of darkness in this cave, barely lit your face. One guy I remember had three matches and he was like, it lasted about, you know, a total of a minute maybe or a minute and a half. And we're 15 minutes deep into the cave. And I, you know, just as I'm so sure that one of the creatures from the movie Alien is about to like latch onto me and I'm panicking, we hear off in the distance, a creaking. And then sure enough, off out of a side passage, oh my gosh, there's some rays of light start you know, coming in. And about 30 seconds later, this like really old dude who worked at the, 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 the cave thing, he comes in with, I mean, the oldest lantern that you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he's just, you know, carrying a lantern. And uh, his name was Oleg. I remember him to this day. And I'm pretty sure I might've hugged and kissed him when he walked in, but his lantern just filled up the entire passageway and he let us out of the cave. Um, that was the last time I was in pitch black darkness. And uh, I bring, uh, uh, that was a vivid reminder and a vivid memory in my life of how sometimes like just a little bit of light makes all the difference in the world. And I bring that up because life is that way sometimes, isn't it? Like sometimes you have a decision to make, a problem to solve, a relationship to manage, a circumstance to navigate, a mistake to correct, a, a dream to pursue, and you're not sure what to do. You're not sure where to go. You're not entirely sure how to get from where you are to where you hope to be. 
and you need and you, you want just a little bit of light for the path forward. Like, what should I do? Where should I go? And when the right person comes along or when the right thing comes along, like that book or that quote or that uh, YouTube video, when the right thing or person comes along, it makes all the difference in the world. And it can, it can make, it can be a life-changing moment. Some of you had those. A little bit of light, the right time, it makes all the difference in the world. Question, where do you turn in your life when you need a little bit of light? What's your go-to? And of course, the problem that many of us run into when we ask a question like that is simply that we don't always have an Oleg to come along and light the way in life. Or more literally, we don't always know where to go to find light for the path forward. We don't always know that. And that's what this series is about. We could all use some light for the path ahead in 2022. And this series is about helping you and I and our families find it. So I'm helping us find it. Uh, I want to spend three weeks encouraging you and encouraging me not simply to wait for light to come upon our path, but actively go and bring light onto the path ahead in three practical ways this year. And my hope is that by the time that we're done, that as a result of these three weeks, that we'll get to the end of this coming year and look back and go, I have made better decisions. I have fewer regrets. I have healthier relationships. And I have realized more of my goals and my hopes and dreams than I would have otherwise because I was intentional about going and bringing light onto the path ahead as I walked through this year. That's what I want for you. I want to talk about three ways that we can bring light onto the path ahead in the coming year for you and for me. And if that's all that happens in this series, I'm going to be a really happy pastor. That's what I hope happens for each one of you. And, I, and if that's all that you get out of it, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled. That being said, along the way, I'm also going to offer you something that I believe is even more profound than that. Because one of the revolutionary ideas of our faith is that we believe God wants to light your way. We believe that God wants to light your way. King David, the ancient king of Israel, he wrote these words, speaking of God. He said, God is a, he's a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. David, if you know his story, he had seasons of darkness. He had some really intense times where he didn't know what to do and he didn't know where to go. And it did not look like there was even a way forward. And and at the end of, towards the end of his life or mid of his life, as he looked back and considered, how did I make it through it? This was his conclusion. His conclusion was that God, he was, God was a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. David experienced God lighting the way for him. And he believed that you and I could too. And it turns out that Jesus corroborated David's experience. Here's what Jesus said. We ran into this verse actually a couple weeks ago in our previous series when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I have the light of life. I will, I'll light the way. I'm the light of the world. And isn't that crazy? I mean, what if, what if that's true? What if God wants to light your way in this coming year? What if God wants to lead the way in this coming year? What if God wants to get personally involved in your decisions and your problems and your relationships and your hopes and dreams and your circumstances? What if he wants to get personally, come alongside personally your journey in the coming year to protect you and prepare you and prosper you along the way? 
Well, according to David and Jesus, he does. And this series is just about that. Not simply that God wants to light your way, but how and how you can participate and experience him doing that in three really specific and really practical ways. If you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower, what we're um, talking about in this series is really um, how you can invite and discern the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. When Jesus was on the planet, he, he was being the light of the world for those that were around him, but then he left and went to the Father and he said, hey, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go to the Father, but I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. And what I've been doing locally, he's gonna be doing globally. He's gonna light your world. He's gonna light your way. And so this series, these next three weeks are, are three ways that you can discern and experience the leading of the Holy Spirit as he protects, prepares, and prospers your way forward in the coming year. And by the way, though, if you're not a Christian, this series is 100, 100% just as much for you. I promise you. Because I'm convinced that every single one of the ways that we're gonna talk about will bring light to whatever path that you're on. Wherever it is that you're walking this year, I'm convinced that these three have the potential to shed light on the way forward, to make your way easier, to protect, prepare, and prosper you. Uh, the way that I am talking about today, it's gonna be the most religious of the three, but I think by the end, you'll see why I wanted you to hear it and why I'm inviting you into it. But I just wanna say, hey, whether you're, not, or you're a Christian, uh, this series is for you. There is something in this for you, no matter what you believe about God. So, but that's what we're talking about. And, and that's where we're heading. Three ways that God, God wants to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And uh, way number one is actually found in the, title verse of this series that you see up on the screen there, uh, because that the actual phrase, the actual verse of King David that I just read to you, I didn't read the whole thing. Here's what it actually reads. It reads this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You guys, number, way number one, that God wants to light the way this year into your decisions, problems, relationships, hopes and dreams, circumstances, mistakes, all of the above is through his word. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, like, wait, so we're, we're talking about, like, the Bible? That's what, that's, that's what this is about? Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Bible. As I mentioned, this is going to be the only inherently religious of the three that we're going to talk about. But come on, we can't talk about God leading the way or lighting the way without starting where David starts, where any notable follower of Jesus would start, that your word, your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. And y'all, I'm telling you, the Bible is fascinating. The Bible's, I think the Bible is so fascinating. Now, I know some of us grew up with it, but many of us don't know a whole lot about it, honestly. And, and, and so I'm gonna just take a moment, kind of catch any of us up to speed on like, when we say Bible, what do we mean? Um, did you know that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time? Over 5 billion copies sold to date as of 2021. That was the last stat I saw. Uh, we, we call the Bible a book, but actually it's not a book. It's a collection of 66 books. The term Bible actually comes from the Greek phrase ta biblia, which means the books, uh, which is okay if you call it a book. I'll probably call it a book in the course of the sermon, but uh, it's actually a collection of books uh, written by almost 40 authors over the course of about 1,600 Years. In fact, in the day of Jesus, one of his followers wrote the following statement about the Bible and the scriptures themselves. He said this, in the past, 
God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. And this statement right here wasn't anything new. This is what Jews of the time already believed. They already believed that God had spoken through the forefathers and the prophets and that what they said had been carefully collected and recorded in the writings of history and prophecy and poetry that we know as the Jewish scriptures. They call it Tanakh. We call it the Old Testament. So that wasn't anything new, but what was new was what he added or she added. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. Uh, Next, but in these last days, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Because they believed that Jesus, the man, they, they witnessed this with their own eyes. Jesus had died and risen from the dead. And they believed that these collection of eyewitness accounts and letters were what God had spoken through his son, Jesus. That's what we know as the New Testament. And that's how this book or this collection of books came into being. It was a book that uh, was caused or created or come into being by a cataclysmic event, the resurrection of Jesus and the ensuing movement that took over the Roman Empire, went across Europe, came to the Americas. That's why you and I are sitting here in the room today. And it's this book, it's this collection of books that I want to invite you to consider or perhaps reconsider as a lamp unto your feet and a light for your path. And in order to do that, I actually want to spend most of my time talking to you about what the Bible is. Because here's what I know. I know some of us, as I'm talking, you're sitting there and you actually, if you're just being honest, you're like, I don't, I don't really have any interest in reading the Bible. I mean, if you're being brutally honest, you're like, hey, no offense, Jamie, but not only do I not read the Bible, like, I'm not sure that I want to read the Bible. And I'm talking like even some of us who are Christians, I mean, we might have a little more guilt mixed in, you know, like, look, I know I should read the Bible. Like, I know I'm like supposed to read the Bible and everything, but Jamie, I mean, like I've tried and it's like difficult. I don't really know how. It doesn't like work, whatever even work means. And I'm busy and I'm tired and so on and so forth. And I just, I can't make it loud. You know, I can't keep it going. And I, look, that's totally okay. There's no judgment here. Uh, seriously, that's not what this is about. But I know that. And, and, and so I want to, spend just a few minutes in the next few minutes here, I, I want to tell you, for some of you, remind you what the Bible really is, because here's what I know. I know that your feelings about the Bible and your willingness to read it are a direct result of your view of it. Your expectations of reading the Bible are a direct result of your experience of it. And I mean, let's be honest, for some of you, you're the, your like view of the Bible is, and your experience of it has been like, man, this thing is just some boring old history book, Right? Like, I mean, that was your experience. It just has a bunch of ancient information that's, you know, like, and then they went here, and then they went there, and then he begot him, and he begot her, and he begot them. Oh, and here's 600 ancient laws in case you care. And you're like, no, I don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry, I don't care. And some of you are like, that's, that's just your view of the Bible, or maybe that's just been all the experience you've had of it. Others of you might say, no, it's not quite that. It's more like a foreign language book to me. Maybe that's literally how it was in whatever church you grew up in or went to, that like when somebody opened the Bible, I mean, it sounded like, you know, give if he praise unto the Lord for the propitiation of thy sins at the dispensation of the times. Hallelujah, I'm in. You know, and you're like, what? Was that English? Like, was that English? Some of you are like, no, bro, in my church, they didn't speak English. I'm serious. Uh, some of you, you're like, man, that's what I think about. That's kind of my view of the Bible. 
Others of you might be something completely different. You're like, no, nah, I mean, this is my grandmother's book. Anybody resonate with that? You're like, no, nah, that's grandma's book. She sort of like reads it for me, you know? And then she gives me doses of it when I come over along with her meatloaf. It's like meatloaf with a side of Bible. And you're like, thanks, grandma. Um, others of you, it might be, your experience might be more like, I don't know, oh, a magic eight ball, right? You know, one of those things you shake up when you have a decision to make, but it never like really works. You're like, should I take the job? Should I take the job? Should I take the job? You know, circumcision, what, what is that? Honey, God said circumcision, let, let, me, let me try again. You know, like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know how this thing works and it doesn't really give me the answers I'm looking for. Um, or hey, th- this one might hit ho- close to home for some of you. Uh, maybe when you look at the Bible, what you kind of, how you view it is more like a ruler that someone's used to like slap your hand, you know, that someone used the scriptures or, or the Bible to judge you or make you feel bad or kick you out of some place. And they were like, they opened the Bible and they're like, huh, what does it say? Hmm. It says hell's going to be hot. Bye. You know, like, and so when I say the Bible, you're kind of like, oh, you know, you have PTSD or something. And look, I mean, many of us might be, I'm kind of playing around, but I mean, I'm probably not that far off for some of us. I bet many of us are in there somewhere, to some degree. And it's why you don't read the Bible or it's why you tried and found it difficult or inaccessible and then kind of gave up after a while. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. I hate that that's the case. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for two reasons. One, I'm sorry that your experience with the Bible has been unhelpful or uninspiring. Um, but I'm also sorry because like the Bible is so much more than that. The Bible is so much better than that. Like someone or something has given you a lame or maybe even hurtful, you know, Bible experience. And I think that's so unfortunate because, man, the word of God is supposed to be, it's supposed to feel like a lamp unto your feet and a light for your path. And, you know, if anything I'm saying right now is resonating with you, and you're like, man, that's why I haven't really gotten into the Bible or anything. I just am wondering if you would be willing to put aside your past experiences and maybe your past feelings for just a second. And would you, for the next few minutes, would you be open to a different set of experiences and expectations? Because I just wanna read to you what God thinks your experience should be what he intends your experience to be. I want to read you what the first Christians thought our experience could and should be of the word of God. And and, and I want to read it because here's my hope. I'm hoping that for some of you, it'll draw you in. I'm hoping that as a result of our, you know, few minutes together here today, that some of you will literally crack open this book for the first time and be surprised by what you experience and see and read. That's what I'm hoping for some of you, that it'll draw you in. Because I remember the first time that I was drawn in and I was like, okay, fine. I'm hoping that happens for some of you. Others of you, I'm hoping it draws you back in. You're like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up, my grandma and, you know, whatever, and wherever I went to church. And man, I'm hoping that today that there will, you will hear something that maybe draws you back in, that you will go back to the pages of the Bible, perhaps with a new lens, perhaps with a new um, approach, but you will experience something fresh and new that maybe you didn't think before it was possible. So I'm hoping as a result of our journey together in this. And then finally, and this is especially for those of you who are Jesus followers, that you're like actively already reading the Bible, or at least you're giving it your best shot. Uh, man, I'm hoping to be fuel to your fire. I'm hoping that the next few minutes will just be added fuel to you to continue to push past those excuses of I'm tired and I'm busy and this is difficult and I'm not always feeling it and that you will spend your days in 2022 in and around this lamp for your feet. I'm hoping it'll fuel your fire. 
what I want to read to you. And what I want to read to you, it comes from the book of Hebrews in the Bible. That's the same book of the verse that I just read a second ago. And uh, if you remember, that verse that I just read was in chapter one. And it's the author of Hebrews is saying, hey guys, don't forget, God has spoken in the past. There are four forefathers and prophets in many times, many ways. And then recently he's spoken to us through his son, Jesus. That's chapter one. Chapters two and three, the author then says, so therefore you should listen. (laughs) You should like go listen. You should go tune in to whatever it is that God has said. Like, don't be too stubborn. Don't be too busy. Don't be too self-confident. Go see what God has said. Go see what he said. And then in chapter four, and this is where I want to pick up. Chapter four, the author says, four. Four. In other words, here's why. Like, why why should I listen to what God's saying? Like, why why, why should I, I go read it? Or why should I go hear somebody talk about the word of God? Why isn't it just some ancient book that doesn't have anything to do with my life? And he says, well, here's why. Four, the word of God is living and active. Everybody say living and active. Okay, we can do better than that. Everybody say living and active. Yeah, thanks, bud. You were, you were the best on the first try. Um, the word of God is living and active. There's more to this verse we're gonna look at. There's a whole passage here that I should probably teach someday, but like for right now, for today, I just wanna like camp out here for a second because I think this is really, really important and profound. The word of God is living and active. This word living literally means alive. It's alive, it's living. But in case that wasn't descriptive enough, like we're not just talking about your dog sleeping on the couch all day, like, buddy, you still with us? You know, yep, you are, okay. Um, It's living and active. This is the word energese, and we get energetic from it. From it, like it's it's a, it's a, it's alive and kicking. It's alive and large and in charge. You know, it's on the scene, present and accounted for. The word of God is living and active. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, "Hey, you want to know why? You should tune in. You should lean in. You should start digging in to the word of God because it is alive. It's alive. It, it's like this. Um, here's one of the ways I think about it. It's like the difference between a letter." and a text, what the author is talking about here. Uh, so like my wife wrote me this little note. Hey babe, proud of you. I know you're gonna slay today's message. Love you, Sarah. Uh, this is a note from my wife. Thanks, babe. Um, the note from my wife is different than a text from my wife if I were to start texting her right now. This one right here is what my wife said, past tense, right? It's what my wife has said. This, a text, is what my wife is Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, words on a page, it's dead. This one has a live person behind it, it's alive. You see the difference? I mean, I know you do, it's obvious. What the writer of Hebrews is saying is that the word of God is more like the text than it is the letter. It's actually suggesting that the word of God, it's not simply somewhere that God has spoken, it's where God is speaking. Real time. That every other book in the world that you could read is dead. It's words on a page, spoken. But what sets this book or this collection of books apart from every single other piece of literature that you'll ever read is that somehow it is alive. (laughs) And I noticed some of you, you're like, that sounds nuts. That sounds crazy. Like, what are you even talking about? How in the world is that possible? Last I checked, the people that wrote this are dead, okay? And uh, also last I checked, hadn't opened a Bible in a while, but I'm pretty sure it's not like, you know, one of those, I don't know, Harry Potter books where the words change. 
you know, depending on who's reading it. Pretty sure it's not that. How in the world can you say, and this is where God is speaking, that this is a book where it's, it's, it's alive. Uh, and here's how. The, uh, the Apostle Paul teaches a certain really important truth about the scriptures. And I wanna read you how he wrote about the scriptures. And it's what Christians have believed for centuries upon centuries upon centuries since the time uh, of, of the scriptures writing. The Apostle Paul, he describes the, the words of the scriptures like this. He says, all scripture is God breathed. Everybody say God breathed. Yeah, all scripture is God breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? Because it's God breathed. The words of the Bible, Paul is saying, they're not ordinary, they're God breathed. This word right here, God breathed, is where uh, in, in your Bible it might be translated inspired. It's where we get the word inspiration. The words of the Bible are they're, they're inspired by God. You heard that before? That's where it comes from, the doctrine of inspiration. It comes from this passage, this verse right here. And by the way, um, anytime you see an image of God breathing, it should be a clue to you that it's talking about the Holy Spirit. The word for spirit, it's the same word in the Greek and in the Hebrew, by the way, for breath and for wind, same word. Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit of God was involved in the writing of this book. And it turns out the apostle Peter understood the exact same thing. Here's how he described the scriptures. He just used the word prophecy because to him, that's the word he would use for the, uh, the Tanakh, the Old Testament. He would call it, those are prophetic words. They're scripture. But he said, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, scripture writers, though human, they spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I think about it like this. It's like the relationship between a pen and an author. That's what he's talking about here. Like real people wrote the Bible, Peter's saying. Like, you know, James, John, Matthew, Peter, Paul. But they were the pen. They were the pen. The author was the Holy Spirit who wielded them, who carried them along, who breathed out the words of God. So in every single one of these letters and every single one of these books, of course, you get the unique character and personality and color and width and, and flavor and style of the pen, but they have the same author who is wielding them. That's the, I, that's the idea here. And I say all that to say this, this is how the writer of Hebrews could in good faith and in good conscience say what he said, that the word of God is living and active. For while real men wrote the Bible, it was God who was speaking. And while the men who wrote the Bible are now dead, the God behind it is still alive. And while their mouths are shut and closed and no longer speaking, God's is still going. The words on the page don't magically change, but there is a living God behind it, speaking through it right here, right now to us today in 2022. That's the idea. It's living and it's active. It's not just somewhere that God has spoken. It's where he is speaking. And here's why I think it's a big deal for you. Like Jamie, I get it. You went to seminary. Thank you. Um, no, here's why I think this is a big deal for you and for me. It's where God is speaking, speaking real time. And I believe he has something to say to you. I believe that God has something to say to you. the God who made the universe, the God who made you, the God who parts seas and opens blind eyes and raises the dead. He has, he has something to say to you. Right where you are, right here, right now, right where you were when you walked in. 
And not just to you like in general, like, hello. No, look at what the verse says. The rest of this verse, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In other words, hey, when God speaks, he gets specific. It's not like a blunt instrument. It's like, it's, it's sharp. It gets specific. When he speaks, he goes deep into who you are, like the, the, the joints and marrow of stuff. When God speaks, it gets personal. I mean, the author was using this as a warning to a group of people who were resisting listening to God and they were choosing not to listen to God, but I'm offering it to you today as an opportunity, as an enticement. I'm like, guys, I wanna say, hey, y'all, do you know that the God of the universe, he wants to speak into your life specifically. He wants to get down into like the joints and the marrow of who you are. He wants to get down personal into like the soul and spirit level and speak truth and life and love. And I want you to hear what he has to say. Because what he has to say is awesome. Like for example, if you have a career or a calling or a passion or a talent, God gave that to you, you know that? And he is excited about it. And he wants to multiply it to bless you and those around you. God has all kinds of things to say about that. Or if you're a friend or a family member, whether you're a son or a daughter, a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or a neighbor or a coworker or a friend or a teammate, God cares a lot about those relationships and he wants them to be healthy and life-giving and, and defined, marked by love. He has all kinds of things to say about your relationships. All kinds of things to say. Or hey, excuse me, <laughs> if you have a body or a mind or a soul, Man, God is deeply interested, deeply concerned about that. He wants to protect and nourish your like physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health. I mean, he has all kinds of things to say about that. He cares deeply about that. But I mean, that's just general. I, I mean, God wants to speak deeply. God wants to get specific. Like for example, wherever you're insecure, God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's in the Bible from Corinthians, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Wherever you're bearing a burden, God says, hey, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's in the Bible. That's a verse from the Bible, from the gospel of Matthew. Or hey, if you're not sure you like who you are, God says, I do. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a verse from the Bible in the Psalms of David. Or if you're sitting there today and you're like, I'm not sure about my worth or potential. God's going, oh, I'm sorry, I am. I'm really sure of it. You are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which I prepared in advance for you to do. That's in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. These are verses from the Bible. I mean, and that's just getting started. I mean, I could, go, I could keep going. How long we got? Uh, if you are in need, God says, look at the sparrows. You see how I care for them? Are you not more valuable than they? I'm gonna meet your needs. If you're feeling overwhelmed and life is crazy right now, God says, I'm a, your refuge and your strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. If you're wondering whether you're gonna make it through this season, God says, oh yes, you will, because he who began a good work in you is gonna carry it on to completion. I'm gonna get the last word in your story. If you feel abandoned and alone, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. If you feel, um, I don't know, scared, God says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overcome you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Hey, even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear. Why? Because I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna be with you. If you feel rejected, God says, I choose you. 
I choose you, I call you by name. You, uh, you're mine. If you're hurting, God says, my hands can heal you. I'll wipe away every tear from your eye and the day is coming when there's gonna be no more death, no more pain, no more sickness and no more hurt. Why? Because the old order of things is gonna pass away. If you're feeling uh, guilty, God says that now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your conscience can be clean. If you're feeling anxious, God's saying, hey, bring your anxiety to me, cast it on me and the peace of God which transcends understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. If you're looking for freedom, God says, hey, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. I can set you free. If you're looking to try to get free of the mistakes you keep making over and over again and the things that keep sin that keeps weighing you down, I can set you free. And when the, when the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If you're looking for redemption because you're just so sure you've blown it and you've permanently ruined, I mean, your mind, body, your soul or your past, present or future, God says, if any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. If you're looking for a plan, God says, to Israel, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And if he's got a plan for them, he's got a plan for you. If you're looking for power, you're looking for some kind of power to get you out of where you're going, where you are, or try to get you to where you need to go. God says, I can do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all that you ask or imagine according to what? My power that works within you. Or hey, if you're looking for God, he says, here I am. Call to me and I will answer. Ask and you'll, you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I'm right here. Or if you feel far from God or separated from God, or you've never thought of God ever a day in your life, or if you have any doubt in your mind where you sit right now, how God feels about you, God says, I love you. I love you. Yeah, you may be like the prodigal son that left home forever, but I'm like the heart sick father who's been scanning the horizon, just hoping that you'll return home because I love you and I love you extravagantly. And through Jesus, I have, I have I've removed every obstacle that could ever stand between me and you so that there is literally nothing in all creation, neither height nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, nor past, present, or future that can separate me from your love. So if you're far away, come home. Your sins are forgiven. You belong with me. And that's just an example. That's just skimming the surface. This is not simply somewhere that God has spoken. It's where he's speaking. And what I hope you understand today, I hope maybe be in awe of today, is that he has something to say to you. Right where you are right now, he has something to say to you. He has something to say to you. He wants to light your way. So if you're looking for that, if you would like him to be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path, if you would like him to light your way, if you would like him to lead your way, well, he is. Go listen. Go listen. Go spend time here. Go spend time around his words. Like go read the gospels the uh, gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go read the letters of Paul. Go read the Psalms of David. Go read the Proverbs of Solomon. It's a great place to start. But go read your Bible. Because here's what I know will happen, both from the scriptures and from my own personal experience. Here's what I know is gonna happen. And that's this, that when you read, the Holy Spirit will lead. When you read or listen or whatever form, when you read, the Holy Spirit will lead. And here's how he'll lead for some of you. Sometimes he'll lead through a verse that you read, like real time, which is what I just modeled for you. Like, hey, I got this thing going on. And it's like, whoa, there's a verse. Or how did the pastor know? Is he like reading my mail? Like, 
He's talking to me. Like sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead that way where you open the Bible and it's like what you need right now. And you're gonna go, whoa, I can't believe I just happened to stumble upon that verse for this time. And the Holy Spirit's gonna be like, yeah, I went an accident. But that'll happen sometimes. Uh, it'll happen mostly though through a verse you remember. And this is kind of how this works. Because see what happens when you spend time in God's word, becoming familiar with it, maybe even memorizing it through time. What you're doing is, as David described it, as you're, you're hiding God's word in your heart and you're hiding it in your heart, you're storing it in your heart or storing it in your mind, uh, not for that moment, but for like six days from then or six weeks from them or six months from them or who knows, maybe even six years from then when you're actually in the situation and in that situation and in that moment, the Holy Spirit's gonna reach into your mind and pick out that verse or that passage or that bottom line or that thing you remember hearing from the pastor and he's gonna go, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. This is light for your path right now. Most of the time in my life, that's how it happens. Mostly through a verse that I remember. But then finally, the Holy Spirit will also lead you eventually, sometimes through a verse you read, mostly through a verse you remember, and eventually he will lead you through a discernment that you acquire. There are people in the room who've been walking with Jesus for a while that they could tell you about this. I mean, some of the, my heroes uh, uh, in faith, they can speak this way. You feel it when you're around them. And here's what I mean by discernment that you acquire. You ever spent time around somebody? Like if you're married, it's your spouse or it's your best friend, you know, that you spend time around them and you just kind of automatically know what they think or what they would do or what they'd say. Like somebody asks a question, like, what do they want to eat? And you're like, she didn't have to be like, I know, it's this. Or what would she want us to do? And you're like, I know, here's what she's gonna say. Even if you're like, here's what she's gonna say. You know, you know it, right? You spend time around somebody and you know what they think, what they value, how they would act, what they would do. And that's the same thing that happens as you spend time around God and his word, is that you start to just know what he would say and what he would do and how he thinks and what he values. And the Holy Spirit is gonna use that when you find yourself in many of the decisions in life that don't have a verse. You know those? When it's like, should I work here or here? And there's no verse for that. It's, there's no verse that says, thou shalt work at Chick-fil-A and not Zaxby's. Though we all know the answer to that question. Um, <laughs> There isn't a verse from that, but if you have spent time around the word of God, you're gonna be able and the Holy Spirit's gonna lead you into going, doing things like this. Of like, well, hey, I know and that whatever I decide, God wants me to work at it with all my heart as unto him and just bring glory to him with whatever I do. So that's gotta be a part of it. And hey, I know God wants me to have my priorities in place, right? And the priorities are love God and love others and love myself really well. So whatever job I pick, that's gotta happen. And I know God wants me to store up not just treasure on earth, but he wants me to store up treasure in heaven. So, you know, whichever job I pick, it needs to be one that helps me maximize both of those. And, you know, I know that God wants me to guard and protect my body, mind, heart, soul, and emotions like it was the temple of God because that's how valuable this thing is, that that's how valuable I am. And so, man, whatever job I choose, it sure needs to preserve that and make that happen. And then the Holy Spirit's gonna start like bringing focus into the problem. He's gonna start lighting the way forward because you have discernment. And the Holy Spirit's gonna go, yeah, that way. So this is how it happens. When you read, the Holy Spirit will lead. Sometimes through a verse you read, like right in the moment, mostly through a verse you remember uh, or a passage you remember or a point a pastor made about the word of God that stuck with you, you know, that line that was like, oh, so perfectly said. Uh, but eventually through a, discernment you have acquired when you read the Holy Spirit will lead. And my challenge to you is go, go let him lead. Let him lead your way, light your way. Oh no, it went out in 2022. 
God isn't, hasn't just spoken, he's speaking. And he has something to say to you. Go find out what it is. Go find out what it is. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, this is totally for you too. Listen, you read things all the time. You read things all the time, watch videos all the time. You look at memes for, that you hope it might give a little light to your path and you don't believe they came straight from God. I mean, I do the same thing. I read things all the time. I don't believe God wrote them. And I'm telling you, whether or not you believe God actually wrote these words, I believe that they will shine light on your path. And hey, after all, even if they're not from God, they sure have changed billions of lives. And they sure have shaped the culture you live in. I mean, think about it. Some of the most beautiful ideas of our, of our culture come from the pages of scripture. I wanna make sure I get these passages right. I, I wrote some down, like, uh, like for example, um, you know, like the golden rule, doing others as you'd have them do, and you love one another as you love yourself. That comes from scripture. I mean, that's one of the bedrock values of our society. That's from John 13. Uh, equality and basic human rights, those ideas that like are defining characteristics of Western society in general and our bill of rights and you know, our cities and our communities. I mean, they come straight from scripture. That ethic comes from Genesis 1 and passages like John 4, Galatians 3, Micah 6, Psalm 82, Matthew 28. That's where those things came from. It's beautiful, powerful stuff. I mean, I could go on, multiple examples beyond that. But I mean, come on, you owe it to yourself. Just read, read the words. You spend time in plenty of other things that you aren't convinced come from God at all. Why not? What do you have to lose? Maybe just maybe it'll shine some light on your path because that's been my experience. I think it'll be yours. Maybe just maybe you'll find that, that these words make your life better and make you better at life. And maybe just maybe as you let God light your way, you'll come to realize that you can trust him to lead your way. But go try it. Go try it. See for yourself. This is for you. Go read the Bible. I want to end by just giving us two ways that you can do that. Two ways that from right here, Moving forward, you can let the word of God be a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. And the, and the first is obvious. It's what we're doing right now. This is kind of like the entry level. And that is Sunday sermons. Do you know that that's why we do this every Sunday? It's not because I think you need to hear me speak or Andy, even though he's pretty awesome. Um, every time we speak, whether or not I do it perfectly and I get everything right and I say it all the ways you, you hope I will and whether or not Andy gets it all perfectly, both of us are counting on the fact that the Holy Spirit of God is gonna wield his word in your life in a way that he lights the way for you. Whether it's in the moment or what's to come or if, you know, through discernment, that's the point of Sunday sermon. So, I mean, when you show up, that's what you're showing up for when we talk is like, I hope that the word of God will light your way a little bit. And, and this is definitely awesome. And I hope you will make this a fixture of your life. That's why we, we, we'd say it should be a habit. Why? Because you should habitually bring light onto your path. But what I really want to challenge you to do today is to go beyond that. I want you to have, I want you to in, try this out. I want you to do your own personal reading. Don't settle for somebody else's experience of the word of God. Go have your own. Go have your own. God has something to say to you. You don't need to get it from me or Andy or somebody else. Though that can happen. Go have your own. Go read the word of God on your own. And I'd like to invite you to join me in doing that for the next 21 days. For the duration of the series, I'd like to invite you to join me in a little Bible reading plan, okay? This one is made by The Bible Project and it's called How to Read the Bible. And you can get it by scanning that QR code that you got when you came in. And I'm telling you, it's bite-sized. I did that on purpose. Uh, it's bite-sized. You get like a five-minute video, which are surprisingly good, by the way. These guys are doing a great job. And then it gives you a few short verses for you to read yourself and consider. And I would love to invite you to do it with me for the next 21 days. Nobody's checking. If you miss a day, it's fine. It's free, by the way. You don't have to pay for it. But I'd love for you to start doing it. And if you are already reading the Bible, I'd love to ask you to hit pause and let's do this together as a church or just add it on top. This is something you can totally add on top. 
Um, but let's read the Bible together. You can scan that QR code and do it. So that's it. Way number one, you want some lamp? You want some light for your path? Well, God's word is a lamp into your feet and it'll be a light into your path. So what do you say? Let's go read it. I'm gonna send you an email tomorrow with a reminder about this. And I'm gonna send you an email every week to the whole church just about what we're going these three weeks. And then when we're done, I'm gonna give you a next step on how to go read the Bible without a plan. If you wanna join me in that, we're gonna read Luke together as we journey through Easter. But for now, scan that or QR code and let's just read the Bible together. Let's be around the word of God and see if he doesn't light our way for the word of God. It is, it is, it's living and active. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I pray that um, something today has sparked our curiosity enough or maybe even fueled our fire enough that we're gonna go listen to what you had to say. Your word is living and active and I pray that all of us would experience it being that this year. That at the end of the year, we'd look back and we would say, I have made better decisions. I have fewer regrets. I have healthier relationships. I've realized more of my hopes and dreams and I'm closer to God than I would have been otherwise because I spent time around the words of God. I pray that you give us courage to act on what we've heard, not just to let it stay a feeling, that we may really experience this as a reality in our lives. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.